guys, and hi everyone, and welcome to episode two of A Soldier's Faith, and, and I'm honestly calling this one Growing, Turning, and Returning, and, and you'll understand why as I go through this. <clears throat> My last episode, <clears throat> for those of you that listened, I mentioned growing up in the church, and honestly, I believe that goes a long way for, for anyone. I grew up in a small town called McDonough. It's in Georgia, and it's like the midway point between Atlanta and Macon. And growing up, we had two exits. <clears throat> and if you blinked, you missed them. We had one exit where there was nothing there. And then we had another exit, and that was where all the food places were. The Taco Bell when it was cool. Uh, the McDonald's when there was a play place. The Burger King when there was a play, playland or whatever. Um... You know, you had the the KFC. All of our, our restaurants were right here. And on that exit, and then we had the other exit, there was nothing there growing up. Uh, growing up, in my town, it was the definition of Mayberry. You know, I was like seven or eight years old, and I was able to walk to town and just enjoy my, enjoy my day without fear of being abducted or hurt because... Everyone knew everyone, and we lo- all looked out for each other. You know, I had a huge family, and they were all in this town. And not only that, friends and friends of the family were all here. We all knew each other. Um, and that being said, I-, I went back in 2019 after my dad passed. And the way the town is now, there's no way as a parent... Or grandparent, I would trust a kid, let alone a teenager, to walk around and, and you know, be in this town by themselves at that age. I grew up in an immigrant family, and my great grandfather helped start the the first Catholic church in the area. You know, in the beginning, it was out of his basement and in this town to be honest you were either Catholic or you were Baptist and then there was my church <clears throat> the Baptists in the area I always said that the that we were snake charmers and for the life of me I could never find the snakes we did have bats one time but I could never find the snakes, and I, I even asked the pastor where they were. And we weren't conventional <clears throat> as far as the church in that area. You know, our, our praise and worship was praise and worship, and there were drums, and there were guitars, and there was uh, a bass guitar. And, you know, we had a piano and a keyboard, and we had singers, and... I didn't even see a hymn or know what a hymn was unless I went to mass with my grandparents or I visited my friend's church. Now, yeah, my friend's church. Because I had a lot of friends in the area and, and sometimes I would go to their churches. And uh, being my town, it, the... The churches, the Baptist churches, 90% of them were on the black side of town. And in no way 
am I trying to be racist or whatever? But to this day, the town I grew up in is mildly segregated. You know, you look up my town on Google and you look at the map, like the, the geopolitical map or whatever. And there's a part of the town called Blacksville. And this part of town was the freed slave part of town. And yeah, as you may have guessed, like most southern towns, that part is more or less lower income. It's not the nicest part of town. And compared to the quote unquote white part of town, you would swear you're in the slums or in a third world. You know, but, uh, but going back to the church I grew up in, <clears throat> I grew up in a, a non-denominational church called McDonough Christian Fellowship. It was later changed. Um, our first pastor there was Pastor Don Pye. Lovely man. He, he was he was so caring. He was the kind of pastor that would, you know, give the shirt off his back if he needed to. Later on, it was taken, or it was handed over to Pastor Eddie Mason, who honestly was my pastor for, gosh, probably close to 20 years. Um, and it was the church on the square, on the town square. Pull up my town, look at the, the overhead, had the courthouse, and then... If you're looking directly at the courthouse and you look left on the town square, big brick building, stained glass, that was the church I grew up in. You know, it, it was it was small compared to some of the Baptist churches and definitely smaller than the Catholic church, but it's still not the smallest church I've ever been in. You know, what's crazy is my dad started going there. Because one day he was he was drunk and drinking, walking around town, you know, and he sat down in front of this church one morning on a, a Sunday, and he said he felt someone or something was was calling him to, to go in. And my dad was worse for wear at this part, you know. He was grimy, grungy, you know. He had longer hair. Um, he looked like a hippie, to be honest. Nothing wrong with hippies. I mean, we all know Jesus was could be called a hippie at this point if you looked at him. Um, but uh, he went in. He left his his beer sitting. Well, he put it in a trash can before going in to the church. But he walked into the church <clears throat> and. He, uh, he gave his life to God. And that day he became sober. He never looked back. And honestly, that decision brought him out of a very bad place and kind of helped him back on his feet. You know, and this was after I was born. So this was <clears throat> definitely, definitely a turning point. Um, <clears throat> my dad, the reason he was in such a bad spot is... About two or three years before this, before he gave his life to God, he was in a bad motorcycle accident. Uh, he was 19 and he lost his right arm. He was dead on the scene 
and then he was dead on arrival at two hospitals and at the third hospital which was emory university hospital in atlanta the doctor gave my grandmother a choice he looked at my grandmother in the eye he said ma'am you have excuse me you have two choices i can either save his arm and he can have both his arms but he'll die or i can save his life so my grandmother chose of course to save his life if she wouldn't have chose to save his life i wouldn't be here and because of that accident he became very dependent on drugs and alcohol and he went into a spiral and you know if it, it it almost probably would have killed him eventually and I was raised from that I was raised in that church you know from children's church every Sunday you know to go into church members homes because I, I had become like family you know to my old children's church pastor you know Robert Denson I love the man to death you know he's He's like my uncle, or, or he treated me more like a son, like I was his son. But his son Robbie, or Bobby, you know Robert. Me and him were were closer than brothers, and like you couldn't have told us any differently, you know. Uh, and unfortunately, you know, I, I I found out this year or last year that his son passed away of cancer and that's only brought me and the family closer you know me and me and you know Robert and you know his daughter me and Herbert were close growing up but it's brought us closer you know they always check up on me and my family <clears throat> you know at the age of 13 during a revival you know 13 kind of that age where you don't want anything to do with church you know even if you're raised in a church you're just there because you're told you have to be there but I, I went to this revival on my own accord you know I felt like I needed to be there <clears throat> if anything you know I had friends there so I wanted to be there and you know at the revival I was what non-denominational churches, you know, some Pentecostal churches or even the uh, Baptist churches would call slain in the spirit. Or, you know, in, in Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist said, I will baptize you with fire for repentance. But after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. Talking about Jesus. Know, and and he says that he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. And growing up, you know, you have you. I, I watched the televangelist and you know Benny Hill and Benny Hen and you know some of these other guys that would wave their their jackets or they would lay hand on someone and the person would just down. And, that well I thought it was passing out or whatever and you know I was I was always skeptical of that but you know honestly I was slain in the spirit or baptized in the Holy Spirit and I couldn't do anything 
couldn't move. And there was a love and a peace that was just washed over me where everything was just gone, you know? And that was the turning point for me, you know? And, and for years, I, I was just on fire for God, you know? I, I was part of the, the Jesus Freak movement, as you know, I refer to it, you know? And that's the generation that I grew up with. Um, I call it the Jesus Freak movement because... You know, that was, uh, you know, you had DC Talk with the, the song Jesus Freak and all the Christian rock bands and all the Christian bands and the praise and worship. It was just becoming something more, something that related to my generation that we could listen to, you know. And if you haven't heard the song, just listen to it. it it's a great song, even to this day. Um, and then they had a book and the book was, was stories of, of martyrs, martyrs for God, martyrs for Jesus through the years, different countries, uh, even in the U S you know, the girl from Columbine who the guys pretty much told her to renounce Jesus or they would kill her. And she didn't, so she, she died uttering the words you know, that Jesus is Lord and you know the same day was was met in the arms of God in the arms of Jesus right there and I'm, I'm sad that it happened but she stuck to her faith and the whole book is about people who stuck to their faith they wouldn't they wouldn't give it up it's a wonderful book. I've read it cover to cover. I don't like reading. You know, the the two things I have read cover to cover, probably the Bible and the book Jesus Freaks. And a book called Tommy Land Arrived, but that was when, you know, I, I kind of turned away. Um, I stayed away from everything secular during this part. You know, my music, if it wasn't Christian or praise and worship, I didn't want it. You know, God changed me that much when I was baptized by fire, you know, as scripture says. Baptized in the Holy Spirit and by fire. That, that's literally what happened. You know, I had no want or need. Did it stay that way? No. It didn't. I, I, sad to say it, it didn't stay that way you know because we're tempted by the world you know and, and like every young man is I was tempted by sex and by pornography and and yeah I still battle with it but the temptations of the world are there and, and we're always going to struggle we aren't perfect none of us are choosing to be Christian, choosing to follow God, you're you're going to struggle. There's always going to be a temptation out there, and Satan's going to try and pull on every temptation he can to pull you away from God. And you know, I, I still battle with it. And you know, I stayed with that church up until the day I left for the U.S. Air Force. And because of a church service while in BMT, or basic military training, I turned away. 
turned away from the church. You know, the church was huge by leaps and bounds for the church I grew up in, and it felt like a show. And, and the thing that made me turn away was the chaplain saying, God wants us to kill those who oppose the United States. And it just didn't sit well with me. And I said, if this is what Christianity is now, I, I want nothing with it. I got discharged from the, the Air Force, and I went back to my hometown, and eventually I went back to my church. You know, eventually my best friend, Pastor son, you know, Josh, he, he was the current youth pastor and he asked me if I would assist him and, and become his assistant, the, the youth pastor assistant or assistant youth pastor and help with the music and the youth services. And I felt like it was my calling. So, so of course I said, yes, and we were called Solid Rock Youth, the, the original youth group. And we kept that going because we felt like that was it. But eventually I ran from that too. You know, I became rebellious and alcohol and sex became my focus again. And I didn't go back and I lived a life in, in no way did it glorify God. <clears throat> in 2007 though, I decided I was gonna go back into the military. And I went to an army recruiter and after a year of tests of being poked and prodded and pulling blood and having been hooked up to machines, to prove that I could join, they let me in as a cook, of all things, as a cook. And I had the combat arms wish list, infantry, special operations recruit, ranger recruit, delta recruit, you know, they, uh, but they said because of my discharge, I had to be a cook, you know, and I felt like I would just do it till I could go combat arms, but I stuck in that job because of the people I met. And besides BCT or basic combat training, I never went to religious service. You know, I just tried to be a good person. And I did that for eight years. In 2015, I was told that I wouldn't be able to stay in. And I went before a medical evaluation board or an MEB that decided my service was no longer needed. And in 2016, they gave me the green light to be free from the monkey suit and the pageantries. No more saluting, nothing. I was I was free. 2016 though, and, and until January 2023, I mean, I prayed and I asked forgiveness, but I never went to religious service, never went to church, nothing. Ended up getting divorced in 2018 because my wife at that time thought I didn't care about her or the kids, you know, because I was never home. But you gotta realize I'm, I'm going from making 3,000 something dollars, whatever, a month to, or 4,000 a month to, to making nothing, you know? And from 2016 to 2017, I had at least two to three jobs, full-time jobs. And I was going to school full-time and I was just trying to make ends meet to make sure my kids had everything they needed. And in 2017, I became a technician for BMW or was supposed to be a technician for BMW. And then I worked a job after I left there and I was working 12 hours a day to 14 hours a day, seven days a week for another company. You know, I was always doing something to try and provide, but I never like stopped and raised my hands in, in solidarity and said, God help me, God, I need you. And 
you know, in 2019, well after my divorce from my na- from my then wife, my now wife, but then friend moved in with me and she helped me with my VA stuff and she helped me do do college and she helped keep me from killing myself working. In 2020, during the pandemic, she helped me get my permanent and total unemployability from the VA so I could focus on me because I was kicked out of school due to my dad passing. I missed time from that and then missing class due to appointments with the VA. 2021, though, we got married. You know, and in that July, we were in a, an RV full time. Me and her and her two youngest in a 38 foot Class A RV that we bought off Facebook Marketplace. We did that for a year and a half. Mid 2022, her oldest son moved in with us for good. And me and her, we just sat together one day and we were praying, you know, God help us out. This is not the most convenient and this isn't the most comfortable position for us and the kids to be in full time. We need a place to live. And one day her mom just blessed us and said we could we could use land that she had. And we said, cool, we'll move the RV there. And then one day we just decided coming back from clearing the property, we were going to stop in at this manufactured home dealership and we found the home that we're living in now and it was we thought it was a dream home or whatever so we went in we did all the paperwork not even 24 hours later we got a phone call hey guys you were approved from the sales lady tiffany love her to death we still keep in contact with her and we got approved at zero down no money down for the home you know and yeah, it's a manufactured home, but it's a home. You know, it, it may not be absolutely perfect, but it's home. It's perfect for us, you know, and we're thankful every day. And we moved in here in January of this year. And, you know, no matter, I, I realize no matter how far you are from God, no matter how far you think you are from God, if you just turn around, He's right there with his arms open, wanting you to come back to him. You know, once we moved up here in January, we started going to her childhood church, and it's a Baptist church. And I said I would never go to a Baptist church, but we, we went to her childhood church, the Baptist church. And honestly, the most people that are there are like 15 people, maybe. And I, I honestly just feel that spiritually, I'm home. Like it's a Bible-led church and it's what they're doing glorifies or embodies what we're called to do as the church, not the other way around. You know, and I couldn't be happier there, but even more so on Easter Sunday, my wife got rebaptized and so happy for her no and I'm back to following I'm back to following God's will that's why I made this podcast and yes I'm struggling with with temptations and stuff you know and we all do 
and will, but but God's helping me daily with what I need help with. And and this podcast is a testimony because I'm not one to speak. You know, God loves you and he wants you to live with him in paradise. And I know the signs and everything are there. Jesus is coming back soon. And I just, I pray that my podcast helps you either with your journey or your needs. But I hope it brings you into the family. You know? And if you think you have to change before coming to Jesus, before coming to God, you don't. He will change you. He will take away that that does not glorify Him. You know? And I just pray that you, if you don't know Jesus, you would find him. But guys, this is this is what I feel like I'm led to. You know? And I hope that it at least helps or reaches one person that needs it. Oh, God bless all of you. And thank you so much for listening. You have a wonderful day. And we'll see you on the next episode.